The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Glad I hit the go live button after you did the it. <laughs> Welcome in to the show. This is Bears Over Beard. I'm Jeff Burkus, the writer of 40 City Gridiron. On the other side of the screen over there, that's EJ Snyder, draft expert extraordinaire and bootleg co-host. We're, uh, we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears. We're going to talk about some other stuff, though, too, because we got some good questions from people on Twitter. If you ever have any questions, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, that's, that's what we're doing with this show this year, although we only got one show left. So if you've been saving it all year, now's the time to, to, to roll, roll that out. Let us know what's up. And um, yeah, we do this on Wednesday nights, eight o'clock, and we always start with a drink. So EJ, how you doing? And what'd you bring to drink? I'm well. I had a I had a good holiday. Things were generally pretty smooth. The weather was not terrible as I know it was for lots of folks in the middle of the country. I know some folks in Nebraska have been going through it with weather. Um, but I got out to a little grocery store that's like a mile and a half from my house, and I've driven by it a million times. And I'm always like, I'm gonna stop in there. I'm gonna stop in there. Turns out it's a Ukrainian market, which is awesome because they have like 15 Ukrainian beers that I have not seen anywhere else. Uh, and they also have a very nice selection of German beers. So this okay. is Berliner Bach, um, brewed in Germany since 1516. It's a um, long time. Yeah, it is. Uh, anyways, uh, 16 ounce can, uh, as it is German beer, they do not spare the horses, 6.7 by volume. Um, we're going to have a good time. So nice. I love Bach as a style and, uh, yeah, we're going to have a, a pint worthy of the holidays let's put it that way what'd you bring on so i don't know if uh everybody had been following my bourbon bet or whiskey bet as it were with uh our our friend brendan chagru uh we oh. bet on a over under for dj Moore uh that came out pre-season on touchdowns oh and he said under on touchdowns for dj Moore, and i said you're insane He's going to clear that without any issue. And before you knew it, I was in a bourbon bet. And then before Brendan knew it, he lost that bourbon oh. bet real quick because yeah. DJ because Moore. DJ Moore is DJ Moore. Came screaming out with, with some touchdowns. Yeah. They slowed down a little bit, but he cleared that mark pretty early. So I, I won. I think that I won this bet in like September or October. You had the division um, sewed up mid year. 
Yeah, it was it was early, right? And so I, I did some traveling in October, and I said, "Hey, you know, take your time, don't worry about it." You know, and, and he he ended up getting this sent out. Just got this in the mail today. Wow. Uh, not in the mail. Yes. That's not that's not a thing that happens. Um, no, this was delivered to me by by. By my reindeer and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so sorry about that. That that, that didn't happen. Um, not male. Um, but uh, he, being <laughs> an Irish guy, <laughs> sent, me, oh. sent me an Irish whiskey. So I'm going to be trying this out. Um, have uh, you not had stealing? No, I have not. Spirit wow. of double, single grain, and uh, aged in Cabernet Sauvignon. How do you say that? Sauvignon? I don't Sauvignon. drink wine. Sauvignon. Cab barrel. Yeah, uh, cab wine barrel. cask. And so, no, I have not had this, um, but he sent it with a, a very nice note as well. And uh, we we like Brendan. Good guy. Yeah. Very happy. Uh, we've had him on uh, our show with uh, my show with Lester mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, so friend, friend of the channel. And so he, he sent me this very nice bottle of Irish whiskey. So I'm going to crack that tonight. Yeah. And that's the one aged in, like you said, wine barrels. So it's going to have a different... Uh, you know, color and hue and, and bite than uh, straight, we'll call it straight, you know, uh, regularly aged tealing. Uh, but tealing is an Irish classic. Tealing is is one of the big, I would say, three or four. Obviously, Jameson and Bushmills, tealing's right up there. Uh, come on, there's, there's a couple others, but like, yeah, tealing. Little red breast. Uh, yeah, more here than there strangely i mean it's it's popular here popular there but it's not the same thing um and uh, there are many whiskeys like that both in america and abroad when you go somewhere and they're like oh we have american and you're like oh yeah we don't really drink that but okay cool yeah it did indeed originate in the united states uh, well, i thought you'd appreciate it particularly since you're absolutely a big big irish 100%. whiskey guy so uh, thank you to brennan good first sip um very nice and enjoyable so um, i'm sure that i'm going to enjoy this enjoy this tonight and and further on uh i want to start off with a comment that we got from from our uh, twitter friend graham he's at yardbox 77g it says thanks for another entertaining season guys have a good how do you say it hogmany 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 i think yeah. Uh, when it know. comes, which means New Year's for Sc- Scottish New Year's, which yeah. I only remember that because I think he wished us this last year. And so I, <laughs> so I had better memory. Like, than I was me. like, oh, that's New Year's, right? Like, in, uh, confirm that that's what that was. And I said, hey, I think I'm going to open up a nice bottle of, of bourbon for this. Yeah. And he said, the tradition is to finish off an old bottle and yeah. open up a new bottle. Correct. It's a, and I thought, yeah, there's an idea. Yeah. So I, here's the problem, EJ. I don't have a bottle that's that <laughs> close to being finished. So I, I got some that. work to do this week. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta catch up. Um, I I think I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I have like five bottles upstairs that have like this much in them. I do not have a of like a new bottle. You don't have a new bottle. bottle. I did not. Um, I haven't picked one up lately. Uh, the m- most recent one I got was the Myelman green, which is excellent by the way, I'll definitely get another one of those. Uh, but it's, it's like a third full. And then I have quite a few that are literally a drink, a shot away from, from being finished. So I can, I can abide by that tradition pretty easily this year and then, and go get a fresh one. That would be good. 
I got some work to do, guys. Yeah, so you got some heavy lifting. I'll, be, I'll pick a bottle out tonight that I can drink down. I got there's a couple candidates. I'll drink that down. Candidates. <laughs> I've got plenty. I've got plenty of unopened bottles. That, that is, there's no shortage of yeah, unopened. I, I'm bottles. the other way around. I gotta, I gotta go get something nice. But I, I'm, I'm due. I need to. There's. Well, that's not true. Uh, a friend of ours found something and is also sending it to me via pony express. So depending on when that gets here, I mean, yes. can't count on the ponies over the passes this time of year, but right, whenever right. The, right. the, the sweaty horse arrives, I may have a very worthy new bottle to, to start the new year off with. Perfect. Hopefully we'll get to share that next week. Okay. Yes. Um, I want to start off with a question from blog work orange, which Kind of love that name. Uh, yeah. It had a, his own little logo too. Pretty, pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, at Modo S Tweet uh, on on the Twitter machine, I shortened this down. It was a lot going on in this question, and I just kind of wanted to focus in on one part of the question that I thought was pretty interesting. And, and part of the question was, how would the Bears' job, head coaching job, rank if it came open? I really like this question. Now. Yeah. Again, we don't know anything. We don't know if Ryan Poles uh, is going to be making the decision. We don't know if Ryan Poles is going to keep Matt Everflus into 2024 or if he would prefer to switch out. We, we don't know these answers to these questions. But let's just say that I get my wish and the Bears do go back into the pool. From, from the perspective of the other potential open jobs and the jobs that we know will be open, like the Chargers job, where do you think the Bears job would rank? I like the Bears job more than a lot of people who are talking about the Bears job do right now. And that has a lot to do with how the Bears have done for a very long time. And that is carrying some momentum. You can talk about momentum not being real in sports. In this particular case, it is. There is a, It is a big job. Chicago has not won consistently in a long time. And you are not stepping into what I would call an easy situation. Now, coaches are a different breed by nature. They can fix it. That's why they're coaches. (laughs) They see a player that maybe hasn't worked out. I can fix him. They see an offense that isn't quite clicking. Hey, I I could tune that up. I can make it run. So coaches, I think, are going to be very interested because money is being spent. That for a long time was a sort of... I'm not going to call it a faux knock against the bears, but that was just one of the things people believed about the bears. They won't spend money. They they're clearly spending money. Uh, They have some good young players and they have some cornerstone pieces in that uh, sort of middle range of, I would say NFL prime age, the DJ Moore's and the Montez sweats of the world, Jalen Johnson's entering that range. Like there's a lot of assets here. And if you have a general manager who is going to see eye to eye with you and they're going to have to agree with Ryan Poles, that's going to be the deal. It's a very attractive job. It's the third largest market in the country. If you become a winner in Chicago, you are a god. Um, I believe the sort of crux of it is quarterback, right? If you look at, you said compare it to the other jobs. If you're looking at the Chargers job, you already have Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. You can build around him. He is young. He's already signed. You know he's going to be there. Um that's the difference. If you don't feel like you are a, um, let's say, quarterback developer, if you don't feel like you want to go through the growing pains of the first year or two with a young quarterback, if that's not your gig, the Bears job will be a little bit less attractive. For any other reason, the Bears job 
is looking pretty solid. You've got some young pieces on the offensive line. You've got some great running backs. You're going to need to add wide receiver, but it's a great year to do that in the draft. You've got some good pieces on defense that you can build around. Um, you've got a great market that's largely untapped and an ownership group that's willing to spend money. So I think it's a better job than a lot of people think it is. A lot of people are talking about it like it's the fourth or fifth job available. And I just don't believe that it's, if not the top job, if you feel you're good and want the chance with the young quarterback, it's probably the top job. If you don't want that, it's maybe the second job after the chargers job, but the chargers roster is, you're going to need to do more work with the chargers roster. Put it that way. Chargers roster is getting old. They're kind of, they're not the cap exactly space is terrible. They're I think 40, 43 over projected right now. So right, you're going to have to, you're going to have to move some guys yeah, one way or you, the other. You're going to have to make some tough decisions as soon as you get in the door. So in terms of roster, not as good as the bears in terms of cap space, young players, whatever else in terms of quarterback. Yeah. Better, but, uh, that's a tough thing to step into as well as a new coach and say, hey, I'm going to take this really popular guy and trade him or get him gone. Ryan Poles had to do a bunch of that when he stepped into the job. So it's really sort of pick your flavor, but I think it's a very attractive job because there are a lot of things lining up. You still got money. You got draft picks. Uh, yes, you need to nail the quarterback pick. That's true. And we all know those are dark waters, but around that great city, great football culture. Uh, again, if you turn Chicago around, turn him into a winner, you you're never buying another meal in that town ever. Yeah, I have a hard time thinking it's not the top job. And and again, you get to go coach Justin Herbert. I think that's an incredible opportunity, but everything else around the Chargers right now just doesn't <laughs> yeah. feel very good. You know, and, and I'm not necessarily someone who buys into the idea that a coach would care about some of these things, but you're the second team in that, and you know, you're you're renting a, a stadium, right? You're the second team in a city that largely doesn't really care about mm -hmm their teams right and and so you left san diego you're you're in la you're kind of a visitor teams that travel well which a lot of nfl teams do uh, their fan bases do you end up playing 15 away games like you know a lot you, of road you, games you never yeah. really have a you know a stadium that's full of that powder blue right as much as i, I think the uh, the Chargers are like a football analyst favorite team, right? Because they look good on paper. They're fun. They're they're fun uh, jerseys. Like there, there's a lot of fun stuff that goes with the Chargers, right? They, they, I mean, they really do get projected to win a lot more than they actually do. It has happened a very many many times since I've been yeah. watching football. Like they're like I, I really like the Chargers. They look really good, and then you know fall short. Wah, wah, wah. You know, it's like your favorite football analyst favorite team kind of kind of thing right and so i i just i just don't know that that job is actually all that attractive outside of outside of herbert because of everything else around it and i'm not sure you really want to go in and just be second team whereas again you could go in and just you could own a city that is football first when it's going right um you know some of the other jobs hey, we're just talking about those two you know the raiders they they might be locked into to pierce uh, so I don't he know. Should if, be. Yeah. <laughs> he's, so I, I, he's done a lot with what he inherited. He's, he's done a yeah. great job. So I'm not sure that that job is going to be open, right? Uh, that, that job might already be taken, you know, Washington's job is going to be open. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, you've got the Patriots job probably going to be open, but th those teams are kind of messy, 
right now. That, that those are kind of I don't know what coach wants to be the one that replaces Bill Belichick. That somebody will, but that's an interesting proposition as well. So I, you know, a lot of those teams need quarterbacks, and the Bears are in the top catbird seat right now, given the draft position with the Panthers pick. So why wouldn't you want that if you're a coach? Like you have that, but your team's the team that you'd be taking over isn't the reason why you have that pick, right? It's not like the bears are a two win football team. They they've got some talent. They've won some games. They've underperformed their roster, but they've, they've got some talent, right? So I think it's actually a, I think it's the job to take, which I also think is ammunition for you to want to go back out into the coaching pool, because if you're Ryan Poles, you have the most attractive landing spot. You should be able to attract whoever it is that you want, you should be the top destination. So that's, that's what I think. I I think it's the best job. And I don't think it's just because it's my favorite football team. There's a lot of reasons that a coach would be attractive. They have a lot of flexibility. There are, there is less flexibility in almost every other spot, because as you mentioned, some of those teams also need quarterbacks and their rosters worse, and they have less cap flexibility. You start adding up those chips on the table And it's going to be harder to achieve the turnaround that you're expecting to make as a new head coach. I would say there are, you know, more pieces of ammunition if you're the Bears coach to make that happen more quickly. Uh, We got a a, a super chat. Thank you very much uh, to to Butthead. Uh, and he, I think there's a lot of answers to this question, uh, but he says, just for fun, what quarterbacks not named Mahomes would you do a one-for-one trade for with Fields? I mean, I, I would instantly do it for Justin Herbert. I would instantly do it for Joe Burrow. Um, uh, I think you'd have to do it for Lamar as good as as good as good Lamar's looked as well. Yep. You might win his second MVP, which pretty much puts mm-hmm. him into the Hall of Fame. I mean, that that's the level that a second MVP gets you. Um, you know, those three off the top of my head, obviously Josh Allen. I was going to say um, Josh, for sure. Be number four. That kind of rounds out my top five off the top of my head without thinking about it. Um, there's probably, a, there's probably a few more that are more established and aren't past like the aging curve that you'd worry, you know? Um, yeah. It's a weird question because it, it's really, I think there's a lot of teams out. I don't think there's a ton of teams out there that really are going to be compelled to give up a good quarterback for Justin Fields right now, who is a quarterback with a lot of potential, but does not have a ton of results and has showed flashes, but not has not showed consistent quarterback play uh, in the way that would, again, compel a team to be like, oh, yeah, give me that guy. Like either they have um, a backup starting for them uh, for whichever reason they have a quarterback they thought was going to perform that didn't, um, you know, so it would be sort of the bottom third, bottom half of, you know, teams would be like, ooh. You know, the potential of Justin Fields is attractive. We want that because we think, again, we can we can fix him. We can make him better. We have a better landing spot. Um, and that may be the case, but teams in the upper tier, the guys you're talking about, um, you know, in terms of talent, like, sure, <laughs> like you're going to give me one of the top six quarterbacks in the league for Justin Fields. Like, absolutely. He's not that. So that's, you know, that's one sided and sure, take advantage of it. But um, for the teams that would be willing to do that with their starter, it would be the teams that are struggling right now and think that the potential of Justin Fields is an upgrade. So um, difficult question, but, so, you know, some of the fun ones would be like uh, it's sort of a litmus test for how you feel about young passers. CJ Stroud, I'd do it in a heartbeat. 
I think probably Anthony Richardson, I would do it in just what he showed in inside of a month. Let me frame, let me reframe it. Yeah. Would you, what, what quarterbacks, I think the ones we just listed actually you would do this for, but what, what would you um, trade one, one for pick one, one, one in the draft. So basically tra- Caleb Williams, oh. right draft Caleb Williams or oh. an established quarterback. Right. So that, that's, that's a yeah, more valuable it's probably the, the four or five that we need is, you know, Lamar the, the Josh, four after he Justin. said, not Mahomes. Yeah. So, not Mahomes. So, right. Yeah. Lamar, Josh, Lamar, Allen, Burrow, Allen, Justin Herbert, Herbert, Burrow. You know, I know some people are going to feel iffy about Burrow's health status. Um, you know, generally I think his injuries have been more unlucky than systemic, but you, I mean, injuries are fluky. You, you can never tell, but from a sort of processing and talent wise. Yeah, sure. He's absolutely on that list, but that's about it. Like after that, not a lot of sure things. And you get into, you get into age, uh, contract balance, lots of other things. Would you, would you rather take the chance? Sorry. It's an interesting question to me. Um, mm-hmm. Stroud has shown you that he's going to be a dude. I mean, that looks like he's no. He is that. a dude, hundred yeah. percent. Would you trade one one for him, or would you want the the right to take Caleb? No, I would Caleb trade one one for him. Absolutely, he's only been in yeah. year one league. And he's always he's one only year. been in the league one year, and mm-hmm. he's already showed it. And there is no guarantee whatsoever that the quarterback pick one one will succeed. Lots of first overall picks have bombed out of the league. Um, again, with all eyes, all analysts like. There is no more sort of hot spotlight in the draft world than one, one, right? That's the guy everybody talks about. Who's going to be the number one overall pick. Even with all that scrutiny, plenty of guys have been picking that spot and not done super well. So if you, it's sort of burden hand thing, you got a guy that's already performed really well and show has shown, you know, arm strength, which we knew he had processing ability, uh, smart, great pocket movement. Like obviously the ability to be coached because he's doing things in his first year that he wasn't doing in college, which has been a big revelation for a lot of us. We're like, oh, he's going to have to progress. And he progressed right away. Like credit Bobby Slowick with getting him up to speed immediately. I would take the quote unquote sure thing. The guy that's already doing it in the league game's not going to be too fast for him. You're going to hit the ground running with him. I would absolutely do that. hundred percent. I think that's, I think that's where the list is. Maybe it starts to get a little gray after that, but yes. um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't have another obvious, obvious answer. Um, uh, some, someone said Dak, no, like Dak, Dak's a little beyond the the curve for me in terms of the age. I don't, you know, I'd rather take one, one, take my chances with the rookie contract. And I like Dak, Dak, Dak's a good quarterback. I mean, I, yep. you know, but, but to me, he's Very out of that group. It, 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 you're, you're down a tier um, for me. Uh, and again, mm-hmm. so, someone, someone can disagree. So, uh, all right, let's, let's get back into this, uh, Oak lightning at Oak lightning one on Twitter. Um, and again, I shortened this, uh, there's a lot of very like good multi-part questions that kind of kept going on. Um, but this is a little bit of what we're talking about with, with Stroud. So I think this is a good way to pick this up. Uh, but he says, uh, can Ryan Poles even pass up on someone like Caleb Williams after how Stroud has looked this year and the fact that he passed them up um, in last year's draft? Do you think that having won one last year and trading down, which we loved, I mean, it, you mm-hmm. know, it made all the sense in the world and we love the actual trade package and all the things that happened. And now you get this lottery ticket that came powerball hit man like i mean it's mm-hmm. there i mean again the, the panthers have to lose this week for this to to, to really solidify but it, or 
one path for that to solidify. Sure. But if that happens, like, man, I mean, the, the lottery ticket has absolutely hit Powerball hit all those things. Um, do you think trading out of one, one last year has an impact on now coming back to one, one and be like, you can't really do that again. Like you, you got to take the guy. No, <laughs> I, I don't. I'm, I'm sort of hardcore the other way as a draft analyst. And, um, it, this gets it really deep into the weeds with draft stuff. We'll try and keep it skipping over the top of the waves here. What has happened in the past largely cannot affect the way you go forward or you'll miss in the future. Right. If you say, I look, I picked that guy from Ohio state and he didn't work out. So now I got to be leery of picking another guy from Ohio state. We're hearing that about Drake may this year, especially from Chicago fans. They're like, well, Number 10 from North Carolina. Yeah. They're like, well, the last guy he was at Trubisky and may two different players. Yes. Played at the same institution, but had very different careers. Like, and so if you say, well, I can't pick another North Carolina quarterback because the last time I picked a North Carolina quarterback up high and he bombed out, like you're going to miss in the future because of looking backwards. Each draft is its own snapshot of that place in time. And you talked about it last year. We loved it last year because we believed you need to give fields a shot. And they did. They needed to give fields a shot. They gave fields another shot. Again, people will say. People do say <laughs> very different things about that shot. He's progressing. He's great. You should keep him. He's shown us what he's shown us. That's not good enough. You know, the, the lottery ticket is better. We don't need to come down on one side of that or the other right now, but people say both. So it looked good last year because it was last year. It was a snapshot. It was a place in time. They're not at that place anymore. So the variables have changed. So you can't look back and go, well, I didn't do it last year, so I have to do it this year. It doesn't work that way. Um, it's kind of like, oh, well, I should save my picks for next year and pick the position. Well, you know, players only come from a couple of places. They come from free agency. They come from the draft. And if you've got a hole or trade, but that's it. And if you don't have that guy, you can't just sit on your hands and say, well, I'll get a guard next year because the guard class is supposedly better next year. It doesn't work that way. You have the picks that year. You have those select group of players that year and you have to make a mesh and that's it. And then next year is next year. You'll have different picks and different players, but you can't go, Oh, well I can't pick a guard this year. Cause it would have been better next. Like it doesn't work that way. So there is a lot of pressure to get it right for multiple reasons. It's the top overall pick. Chicago has basically never had a quarterback in the modern era. That has been the guy, the franchise leader, never had a 4,000 yard passer. There are plenty of reasons why, there is a lot of pressure on polls in this pick. I don't think any of them have to do with the fact that you didn't take quarterback last year. You weren't in a position to take quarterback last year. Like you were in a draft position, but you weren't in an organizational position. You had a quarterback on the roster and you still wanted to see what he could do. You did that. You're in a different spot this year. Yes. You got another top pick, which is, as you said, lottery ticket hitting. Don't look backwards, look forward, make the best choice you can and get on with it. Yeah, 100% agree. I, I think we're on the same page on this one. I think last year it made all the sense in the world to to do what they did. And, and I just want to make, mention this. We're in this age, and we've been in this age for a while, but we're in this age where it's hot takes everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. and, and when Ryan Poles came out, made that decision like, hey, we're going to trade this pick, some of those hot take artists out there, you know, you know who they are, the big names, mm -hmm. the guys that make millions and millions of dollars to, to shovel this crap at you guys, came out. This is a mistake. 
they're they're passing on Bryce Young. Bryce Young is going to be one of the biggest stars you've ever seen in your life. And this is a mistake. Chicago's going to regret this, right? And it got some news cycles and everybody. Oh man, Poles is making a mistake. He's passing up on this. Like you, you know, you got that. Whatever Ryan Poles does this year, you're going to hear the exact same thing. You're going to mm-hmm. someone's going to come out and say that's a mistake. The Chicago Bears should have for sure Justin Fields. Just the the Chicago Bears should have drafted Caleb Williams. The Chicago Bears shouldn't draft Caleb Williams. They should draft get Drake May. Drake May's the guy. Caleb Williams is going to be like they're just going to be guys that are just going to take a position to take a position because mm-hmm. they're the oxygen's available and people are, are going to are going to retweet it. They're going to talk about it, and that's what it is. Don't worry about it. Like like let's try not to feed into those <laughs> things. It's going to happen. Like yeah. what, whatever Ryan Poles no. does. The opposite is going to be the opinion of a Skip Bayless or someone like that, right? Like that's good. Like I can guarantee you that that's going to happen. They're not going to agree with Ryan Pulse. It doesn't matter what he chooses. They're not going to agree with it because yep. they're going to get the oxygen in the negative way. So don't worry about that stuff. Don't. I, now that I say it, you're going to tag me in it when it happens. But you know, <laughs> don't worry about that stuff. Don't tag me in it. Don't, like don't don't worry about it. Like it. I know. just love you telling draft fans not to worry about it like that's all they're gonna do for the next five months like sole occupation for the next five months is to worry about it so the truth you know have at it we'll get there we'll you know once once the panthers picks confirmed we'll see what the coaching decision is we'll we'll see where polls is going to go in terms of whether or not he believes he's going to go into the rookie draft for a quarterback whether or not he's going to trade out of that pick uh, to, to try to acquire assets. But I wanted to get to this question before the break. We don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but um, I think it's interesting. Opinion Soros from at Eric Bono. Eric's in the chat a lot um, uh, on our live streams. He says, is there any potential player pick trade compensation packages that you prefer to drafting a quarterback at one? So I would assume in this scenario, you're saying we're going to build around Justin Fields again. We're going to keep going with Justin Fields. Um, we're going to take that one one pick, and we're going to we're going to trade it to a quarterback needy team, and we're going to take another package that's going to be bigger than than the the DJ Moore package last year because these these quarterbacks have just a little bit higher uh, premium to them. Potentially, I guess that that's that's kind of the sense I get is that you you would potentially command more of a trade, and so you're starting to see a lot of these mock trade. Uh, mm-hmm. simulators and so people putting together these potential packages and you know the the who says no right, uh, right. you know the, the raiders trade you know this number of picks and max crosby who says no uh, you're starting to see a lot mm-hmm. of those now again let's just say that uh management has come down and said we're keeping Justin Fields. This is what we're doing. EJ, we want you to kind of guide us of where we're going to go in terms of trading out of this pick. Which organization should we be talking to to try to grab one of those veterans that have a higher pick? Like, you know, maybe maybe guide us in that way. Is, the, is there any organization that makes sense in that way? Yeah, I would try and get a repeat of what they tried to do last year and almost did until the Texans boltered. Like double, they, double down, they had a great sort of cascading strategy or Ryan Poles and his group, Ian Cunningham had a great cascading strategy. They're going to trade from one to two and from two to three. They were going to trade both times, rack up an immense number of picks. And that trade was on the table for a long time until Texans finally said, eh, we're not sure. And Poles said, that's it. 
Carolina Panthers committed and said, no, forget it. We're just going to skip the Texans. We're going to one. We're just going to get it out right. And that's when that trade, the trade that was consummated, occurred. Um, if you can do that again, and I would say even regardless of whether or not you're going to stick with fields. Now, that puts a lot more plates in the air. And at that point, I wouldn't go below four. Pick number four because we're going to assume that the first two picks are going to be Caleb and Drake. And we're going to assume that the third pick is going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. So if you're, if you have another quarterback you believe in, you can get them at four. They're not going before four right now. You're going to take some slings and arrows, but if a team decides, Hey, we're going to come up from four, right? We're going to trade somebody and we're going to trade again, or however that works. We're going to come up and we're going to give you slot four and we're going to give you a player and we're going to give you a commensurate amount of picks to do that, which is going to be a lot. One to four is still a big trade in terms of draft points. So you're still going to get their first round pick this year, probably their first round pick next year, another very good pick this year, and maybe a player like that. If we're talking about picks and players mixed, which <laughs> we're talking about many plates on sticks at this point, right. but Let's just say the Bears go, hey, we're not going to stick with Fields. We're going to go with insert quarterback you like here. I'll just say Jaden Daniels because I know we have a question about him coming up later. I'll just throw him in the mix. The Bears say, we like Jaden Daniels. We're going to take him. We can get him at four. We can trade from one to four. We can get all these assets. We can get a player. And we can trade Justin for whatever pick he's going to bring, whether it's a third or whatever else. We're going to get Jaden Daniels at four. We're going to get all these extra picks. From doing that, plus a veteran player, plus we're going to get the picture fields. We like that. We're safe. We're cool. We're going to let Williams and May and, and MHJ go. And we're going to pick our quarterback of the future at four. And we're going to have a whole lot more ammunition to build around him, even in this draft. Um, I'd be down with that if they were committed to the quarterback. They would have to be, they would have to have just ice in their veins to do that because <laughs> brass ones, they would, they would get flamethrower on draft night like they would sure. just get torched and look you're just setting yourself up if either williams or may and and uh, history says one of them will turn out to be very good but really only one of them if you're looking at the the averages um but one of them is going to turn out to be great and you're going to have passed on them and we know marvin harrison jr is going to be great short of catastrophic injury um so you're you're going to deal with that the whole time so you're you better be a thousand percent that your guy's going to work out, which you can never be in the draft. But, you know, if they have that sneaky feeling and want to grab all that extra stuff, I'd be cool with it. Other than that, make your life easy. Don't put 25 plates on sticks in the air. <laughs> Just pick one of the two guys you like at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any, I think the answer in the player, I don't think we have in a specific, you know, trade package or anything in mind, but I really like what they did last year is that they, they focus on a guy that's early in his career. He's, yep. he's established and proven. So, you know, you're going to get like the prime of mm -hmm. his career and you've got the money. That's not a big deal, right? If you, you can take on a contract, like don't worry about that. Yep. Um, and I would, but I would focus on a premium position, right? So mm -hmm. the bears definitely need a, another defensive end. So if that, it, it, you know, where I'm going here, like if, if it's the Raiders on the, on the line, 
if it doesn't include Max Crosby, you're hanging up. Like you, you have to have that be part of the, part of the situation, right? Part part and, of the trade. Package. And the great news about that is polls. We already know polls will do that. He was ready right. to hang up on Carolina coming up to one, no matter what they were giving without DJ Moore. Right. He was like, DJ Moore comes as part, or this is not happening. And they were like, what about? And he's like, don't start. It's him or it's done. So he's already held that line and got what he wanted. So we know he can do that if he's sure enough about another prospect. Bottom line is you have to come out with a quarterback, and I'm not talking about a retread quarterback. You've got to come out with a top-flight quarterback, either in potential or proven. Um, and there's no way around that at this point. That you're, you're at that stage of team building. You have to have that in the building. And if you believe that's Justin, great. Then commit and build around him, right? If you don't and you want to go potential, get the pick, get him in, get him developed, get a coach you believe who believes in whoever that pick is. Don't saddle one with the other or, you know, trade for veteran, which is much less likely given all the things that come with that. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Other side of this, uh, we're going to get one more, one little draft question, and then we're going to finish up with some TV talk. Uh, So stick with us. We'll be on on the other side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, EJ, we got a question from Steve Jinx. He's at Steve Jinx one. What objective reason kept da- uh, Jaden Daniels out of the conversation for number one overall throughout the college football season? So all mm-hmm. the talk, uh, it really did kind of go wire to wire, right? Uh, you, yeah. you had Caleb Williams kind of came in like he's, he's consensus number one. People like really like this Drake May though, right? And it kind of came in like you've got Caleb number one. Drake may number two. There's some other guys that people like JJ McCarthy, right? There, you know, the other guys that people are talking about. And then for a while, it almost felt like, like Drake may was kind of like getting into the one B, the one, a one B conversation. Oh, he's one on a, on a few. And then he, I won't say one on some boards. He right? is absolutely one on some boards. I will guarantee you that right now. And then, and then I, I feel like lately it's sort of come back. There's been a little bit more space, where it feels like a one, two overall um, and not a one, a one B. So anyway, those two guys have sort of carried with each other wire to wire. And now you've got Jane Daniels Heisman winner kind of coming up and getting more, more publicity, more press. Uh, so what about his college career has sort of emerged him late in, in this process? Well, that's exactly what happened. Uh, and the reason that is the answer to this question. Um, you know, throughout the college football season, the bottom line is he wasn't there when it started. <laughs> so, you know, when coming in, if you look at uh, preseason, you know, AP for college, it was Williams and May. 
they were already there. They were the presumptive number one and two, and they both played really well. Now, Williams, you can talk about times he didn't play well. It's absolutely true. USC struggled. Drake May played, you know, I would say well enough to keep his top status, um, and that's very well. Jaden Daniels did not have that year. It was his first year at LSU last year. He did not have the results. There were multiple reasons for that. Uh, he had a good year, but he did not in any way have an outstanding or great year. And he did not look like the quarterback that he did this year. He came into this year and early on, I watched games like, I think it was three, four, and five uh, for LSU this year. I just happened to be in front of the TV on those Saturdays. And each week I was like, okay, something's changed. Like he's better. <laughs> he's making a lot more throws he didn't make last year. He had the potential last year, but the potential and actually making were two different things. He added a real rushing threat. Again, you've seen that throughout his career and flashes, even when he was a freshman at Arizona state, you saw, it. you were like, Oh, he's mobile. Um, but this year it all came together. And if you just look at his stats, I'm not a, not a huge stat watcher, but look at his stats from last year. Look at his stats from this year. It's not the same guy. So, but he was running to catch up to two guys that were, you know, had a, you know, 30 yard head start. Um, so I think as we're getting to the end of the college football season, it's bowl season. Now last games are being played. We're going to settle that down. We're going to get into the all-star season. People are really going to start diving into tape. And if they just look at this year for Jaden Daniels, they're going to go They're They're going to, they're going to ask this question. So, why is he not being considered as one of the top three? Why is he solidly three? I think that train is going to gain more steam as people really get into the film because his film this year is excellent. Like it's really good. Awesome. I uh, I think it's interesting because, you know, again, the whole year, we kind of figured the Panthers wouldn't be very good. I mean, mm -hmm. the fact that they're a dumpster fire has been just a delight. I've just enjoyed myself. So are <laughs> <much>. you. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's I, been great. I, I go on Panthers radio with John Ellis probably every couple of months. <laughs> John's been going through it uh, along with Mike Kay and all the other Panthers beat writers. Like, uh, yeah, it's not been a fun season. To Certainly feel for those guys, of course. Yeah. Feel for the fan base. But, you know, when, when your favorite team gets – the number one mm -hmm. pick of another team that's not doing well, you cheer against them. I, I made my myself clear at the beginning yeah. of the year what my priorities were. So this has been great. It's honestly been the most successful season I've ever had cheering for or against a team. I mean, if, <laughs> if we're being completely honest, you know, I've never seen yeah. such success. Like this, right. is, this has been this has been fantastic. I've won almost yeah. every single week. So uh, this is this has been great. But um, it's just uh, it's, it's just interesting to see the rise and fall of some of these quarterbacks and you know the, there's a number of quarterbacks uh in this draft and again when you have even if the bears didn't need a quarterback and again mm -hmm. wherever you're at on the fields thing like that's that's not what this is about but yep. if, if the bears were in a situation where they had their guy but they had this pick it's excellent that there's you know quality quarterbacks available here because teams are going to be willing to trade up right you're in a if you were in a draft a couple years ago where Kenny Pickett was the only first round quarterback and it was in the teens or whatever, wherever he went, like that's, yeah. that would be a, not a great draft to own. Yeah. I mean, not regardless of what the players at the top look like, that's not a great pick to own. If you're looking to trade out, right. Sure. Because, because no one's going to trade up and, and spend that extra capital on yeah. a non quarterback. Right. So even if you, if you take a guy like Caleb Williams, who people love or Drake, whatever it is, or Jaden Dane, whatever it is, or you're looking to trade down, 
this draft just has more value in it because of these quarterback prospects, which is fantastic. It may be a situation where the bears are willing to trade out of their own pick and, and trade down to acquire capital. And there may be a quarterback that's still available because like a JJ McCarthy or someone like that, who's available with the bears own selection. And the bears may be like, we're looking to acquire a little bit more capital. We want to trade out of this pick because it's a quarterback. You might get some people trading up. So it's it's nice to see more names and nice to see where they're going to stack here and, and where people go. This is where the, the excitement I would assume starts in the draft. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily like I got my punters stacked, right? Like you start with the quarterbacks. What's this draft going to tell you? And that's how a lot of drafts are are categorized is by the quarterbacks and how many there were and how you know excited people were about them. Again, the one time I went to the Senior Bowl, it was the Kenny Pickett year, and I watched these guys. I'm like, none of these guys are very good. Like, I was. You asked me because you weren't there at that. Yeah, one. no, I, I remember I wasn't. talking to you on and the I, phone that night. You go, "What do you think of the quarterback? What'd you see? Yeah, I go, nothing, man. No, <laughs> like, not they're not, not good. And I was like, ah, because the year we went, which was 2020, um, you know, it was dichotomy year because it was Justin Herbert's year, but it was like Justin Herbert and Anthony Grayson. Right. And I swear to God, worst, you know, miss. And it's, it has nothing to do with an agent, but I, I joke about it all the time. I'm like, couldn't your agent have slipped somebody like 500 bucks to say he throws like in front of Justin? Right. You know, like literally in the throwing session, it was Justin Herbert and then Grayson threw right after him on a very cold, very windy day, tough conditions for quarterback, tough to grip the ball. Um, it was a little bit of spittle. It wasn't really rain, but it was just so cold. It was really, if you haven't been to Alabama in the winter, I'm not kidding. It gets bitter cold. Um, and here's Justin Herbert unleashing a cannon, cutting through the wind. Like everybody's like just checking the box. Like, yeah, yeah. Like we all knew he had a great arm. Here comes Grayson who played at Wazoo and understands, you know, inclement weather. And it was just the worst juxtaposition ever. It was like, oh dude, could you have like, taking a 15 minute break, like pulled your hammy or something and let a couple other guys throw and then come back would have been better for your draft stock. Cause that was just like, Oh, okay. That guy, that's an NFL arm. That guy, that is not an NFL arm. And it was just so very clear. It just happens like that sometimes. And again, not to rehash senior bowl of a couple of years ago, but what's interesting was, you know, none of those guys had a particularly great arm that were there, uh, mm -hmm. except for uh, Willis. And, and yeah. it was like, he, okay, he's he's got an arm, but like, you know, the, the rest of it wasn't maybe all mm -hmm. put together in, in a neat package at that point. And, but you don't have the NFL arm to compare to. So there, there wasn't this like clear, but it was, oh, yeah. Like nothing was impressive. For, for right? people that haven't been in that situation, there are certain things that occur. And it's not just with quarterbacks. Right. Like, yes, when a quarterback stands up and rips it, an NFL quarterback, like a top flight NFL quarterback, stands up and rips it, you go, ho, oh, that doesn't look like anything I ever saw in high school or college or like that's different. When an NFL punter steps up and hits the ball and you're turned around talking to somebody and you hear you the hear sound it. behind you, you hear it, bang, and you're like, what the hell was it? Oh, right. okay. That's a five and, you know, 5.3 second hang time went 65 yards in the air. Like that's a leg. Okay. When a wide receiver glides by you in warmups, not even in full pads, and he looks faster than anybody you've ever seen. And you know, he's at like 60 or 70%. He's just really sort of 
warming up. He's just jogging through it. And you're like, it doesn't even look coverable. You're like, that's an NFL. It just looks different. Linebacker hits a guy pad to pad. You feel it in your chest on the sidelines. You feel that impact. Bam, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't want to stand in front of that. That's NFL talent. Like you can hear it. You can see it. You can feel it. And it looks different than the guys around them. Yeah. Same thing with camp, right? If you guys ever go to camp, you can yep. kind of, there, there's guys that are camp bodies and there's guys that like, this is, I've, I've told the story before, but Lester and I walked in and I go, who in the hell is number 90? And it was Angelo Blackson. And he was just this vet, <laughs> you know, didn't know. Yeah. Didn't know who he was. Right. I, I, honestly, that guy's a house. <laughs> and, and, I, and I looked at him like, who, who is that guy? And he goes, Angelo Blackson. I go, he's going to make the team. This is a guy. He's, he's, he's fine. He's going to do okay. Like you, there's just things that just stick out. Right. And it's fun. Yep. That's why those all-star games are fun. Cause mm-hmm. you get all those guys on the same t- field together. Right. So the, yep. the stuff does have use. It's not perfect. Right. You can still get no, fooled no. by, by all those things, but there is some very interesting, noticeable stuff. So uh, if you ever guys, if you guys ever get a chance to do that and you're, and you're a nerd and interested in that kind of stuff, totally take yep. advantage of it. It's cool. Um, all right, enough football stuff. We did so much non-football stuff last week. I almost had to <laughs> apologize for that show. I was just so down on that yeah. third epic failure that I was like, I don't want to talk much about the game. We you know what we talk. did? We just filed the Marshawn rule. Yeah, I'm here. Take so care of your chickens. Take care of your mentals. Like, yes, we just took care exactly, of our mentals. Like, exactly. That's it. So a little so we're flipping it we did mostly football this this episode we've got a couple uh tv questions we did a lot of movie stuff last week that's true a couple tv questions that i thought were pretty fun so um this might be a little too specific for you uh ej i don't know if you if you thought about this or prep for this i saw it it's these questions are always tough for me you know that i'm i want to be inclusive and it's like when somebody goes who's the greatest quarterback of all time you're like oh god so what's the greatest what's your favorite flavor of ice cream what's your favorite movie what's your favorite tv show it's always difficult for me to do the sort of biggest blueberry questions um but i did see it and i I have a couple of answers although they're you know imperfect at best hit me uh so favorite all-time tv episode i would say it is within the series called the unit um which was written by david mamet and his wife um i'm a big david mamet fan and the first one, which is called First Responders, the very first episode ever, um, which I didn't actually watch in real time. I didn't pick up on the unit until like maybe three quarters of the first season was done. And I happened to walk by a TV and I was like, what is this? And then later on, I figured it out, picked up DVDs and, you know, watched the whole series. And um, there are actually much better episodes of that show later on that are more complex and involving and gut wrenching and, and all kinds of wonderful things that great TV can do to you. But the, the very first one sets a tone and you'll pretty much know whether or not you're going to like the series off the first one. Now it is not terribly polished. You can tell the cast was coming together in a lot of ways, as was the crew. You know, a lot of first episodes are like that, but you will get it hits the notes that the rest of the series for, you know, three and a half seasons because they had a strike shortened season in three. So they had three and a half seasons. Um, you'll get it. Like if, if you don't like the first one, you're probably not going to like the rest of them. They just get better from there. They get more polished and more in depth and, and you're definitely more connected to people. But like the very first one hits 
all the notes. So I, I find myself going back and watching that even it's gotta be, I don't know what year the unit came out. It's gotta be almost 20 years ago, but like I'll go back and watch that first episode now and again, because it's just, man, they, they hit several, several high notes throughout that, despite some of the struggles. So love it. Okay. I got a list, but I'm sure you have a list and ranked. I bet you have percentages and a color chart. I at least have a list. Uh, now I don't know that I have them ranked, but um, because okay. I, I struggled with this, it's it's a it's an incredibly difficult question. Let's let's be fair. There's there's great episodes of comedies, dramas. Like, yes, it's and, it's and so I very different. I try yeah, I tried to pull from different. So anyway, this is from our friend Chad Vonk, who who asked a good question last week, uh, and, and uh, he's he's bringing it again. So I, I've got I've got some fun ones to go through. I think I have my answer, but I'm going to kind of run through my list. So sure. Uh, Sopranos, one of my favorite shows. It's mm-hmm. you know, obviously a very obviously popular show. The Pine Barrens episode, which I think is great. <laughs> you guys know, you guys know the Sopranos. Pine yep. Barrens episode's fantastic, right? Yep. So that that to me uh, was what that was actually the first thing I thought of when when mm-hmm. when he said, "What's your favorite TV episode?" For oh, sure, Pine Barrens. Love that episode. Very fun. Um, Breaking Bad, the the season finale, I believe in season four, which uh, involved is called Face Off, involves Gustavo Fring. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say too much more because if right. you haven't seen Breaking Bad, you should go watch it. Uh, but anyway, it's that that's an incredible episode. That is a wonderful TV show. I mean, it's a brutal topic, and you know all the, all those mm-hmm. things, uh, you know, in terms of uh, drug trade and all that kind of stuff. But it's a it's a wonderful show, amazing, incredibly well done, amazing arc and everything. It's probably my favorite episode from that from that show, um, just because it was such an interesting, you know, ending to that season and character and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, so I wanted to talk about that. I couldn't pick a Mad Men favorite episode because I, I had three <laughs> written down. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I love Mad Men. Um, I love the, that advertising business side of things. I, you know, dabble in that a little bit. So that's fun. Um, Game of Thrones. I was uh, going to say, I was waiting for the GOT. I was like, dude, if you go this whole list and you do not have a Game of Thrones, I am going to, I'm going to renounce my Bears over Beers membership. I'm just wrong about you. Battle of Blackwater. Um, and so that's early. I believe that's season two. And the reason why one, it's just, I find it, in, I, I, I find I've watched that episode so many times and I find myself getting into it. And I think that they did a wonderful job with the sound and I'm an auditory <laughs> learner. I love podcasts, right? Like I love, that's how yep. I like to learn. And they did such a wonderful job with the sound. And for those of you that haven't watched the show or are trying to remember what I'm talking about. They, they start playing church bells uh, and, and all these bells are ringing as these ships are coming in to attack the city. So they're warning people and, you know, this warning. So you hear all these church bells. And at one point, uh, you know, someone says, uh, oh, they want to play music, but let's play music. And he says, drums. And then they start battling, the, the, pounding these battle drums. And so you hear these bells and these battle drums and just the anticipation of what's about to happen. And that's a very clever episode. There's a lot of really interesting things, real, real good character development on a couple characters. Um, that's one of my favorite shows of all time. And I think that's my favorite episode. Okay. I've got, I got a couple more. <laughs> two, two, let's do two comedies. Um, uh, the Simpsons grew up on the Simpsons. Oh, uh, monorail episode written by conan o'brien uh it really broke open the simpsons like once you learn about the monorail and what it did for the show and then what conan did for the show like i didn't know that at the time it was just 
an incredible episode. Just a good episode, yeah. And then, of course, it's it's a parody of uh, an old movie that's based in Iowa, right? It's a lot of the music band. So so that's that's a lot of fun. There's a lot of layers in that. Um, but it's just, that's a wonderful episode. The Office, I'm big into The Office. I watched, mm-hmm. you know, all of the seasons multiple times on those first few seasons. Um, hard to pick a favorite in that, but I think the the prison Mike episode where Steve Carell <laughs> gets offended yep. that that Pam says that work was worse than prison so he pretends like he's like an ex-con and creates the craziest character called Prison Mike um, and uh, that 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 thing makes me laugh all the time I've probably watched that episode twenty times kind of a curveball um, a, uh, a, a David Chang show Ugly Delicious oh I so love it. Uh, Right, I love that show. Uh, I have watched the barbecue episode probably yeah. six or seven times. I think it's a beautiful hour of television about food. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most well done um, uh, food show that I've ever seen. I think all the episodes yeah. are worth watching, but I think the barbecue episode so. honestly kind of makes me tear up when I watch it. There, there's yeah. just a moment with a grill master in Texas, and mm-hmm. I mean, there's just this there's a there's a real beauty to that episode and i recommend it to everybody uh, maybe it's still on netflix um but i would i would absolutely recommend going and watching ugly delicious and definitely watch the barbecue episode fried chicken episodes good too tacos episodes good all the episodes are good but the barbecue episode um yep. one of my favorite hours of television but my answer oh okay. the top of the podium i feel like we need a the drum roll yep uh band of brothers Oh yeah, hundred percent. Bastone, yeah, that's my favorite episode of television. I think it that, that's a wonderful series. All ten episodes are obviously great. They're worth watching. Yeah. They're wonderful. But that that show uh, to me is really defined by the episode of Bastone. So um, I did more research for this question, Chad, than I have on any Bears related question this year. <laughs> so I did not dig in that hard, but I do own. Band of Brothers box set. I've watched it multiple times. It is incredibly gripping and and I would say layered. I'll just call it entertainment. I don't even want to call it a TV show. I mean, movie TV show seems like a weird designation. Limited series, about, yeah, whatever. When you're is. talking about something like Band of Brothers, it, it's such a fine line that you're like, what's the difference? Like, if I combine two episodes of that. You know, for length, you could call it a feature film in terms of every other piece. You talk about sound design and character development and, um, you know, uh, cinematography for sure. The way that show is shot is there are so many images in that show that are just like, oh, my God, that's gorgeous. And then that episode particularly to me embodies all of those things and the storytelling is wonderful. So, uh, all right. Very fun question, Chad. Really appreciate it. We'll we'll close on this question, which is again, TV related, but uh, interesting challenge from, from Andrew Davis. Uh, Again, we, we spend way too much time on Twitter. It's part of the job really. Yes. You have to promote your work, um, interact with people. It's a really good way to interact with people. Um, You know, I, I don't, Try, I try not to argue with people too much. Uh, that that way lies madness. But you know, there you do get into some really fun and interesting conversations, and you meet a lot of cool people. I, let me just say that, like the oh, yeah. our Twitter network of people that follow the both of us and interact with us. Some of the some of the best Bears fans out there, and and fans from other teams, right? We we mm-hmm. have fans from other teams that interact with us, and um, because they want to learn more about the Bears, and and uh, and I find that to be pretty rewarding as well. But. Andrew Davis, uh, one of those guys on Twitter, he's at Andrew A. Davis. 
He says you can only quote or gif one TV show for a full football season. Uh, which you know we you have to learn gifts. That's that's the language in, on yes. Twitter. You have to basically you learn gifts yeah. to kind of get your point across and get engagement. Uh, but what TV show are you choosing? Well, you mentioned Simpsons, and Simpsons is just great because they've covered so many topics for so long. Like there's something for everything. So in terms of this, like it's a great go to because you're almost never going to be left hanging for like, Oh, I need one. But because I picked this one show, I'm not going to have it. Simpsons pretty much has everything. I would offer up uh, a second choice, which is more quality. Not that Simpsons is not quality. I believe Simpsons is of a very high quality, um, but in terms of less gifts, but you know, maybe more bangers is uh Schitt's Creek. Oh, sure. Because they seem to have like a really good gift library for a show that has much less, you know, historical throw than something like The Simpsons. And, and they 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 clearly did it themselves because it's branded and they've got the like lettering that's different colors. Uh, yeah. So I find myself using them because they're attractive gifts, right? Yeah. Like they're full they like work. You, you type in a like a phrase that you're kind of looking for, you get five or six options that come up and you're like, I'm going to use this one because this one like is it's professionally done. So the they clearest. didn't really have to know like they were going to capture that market as opposed to someone like you or me going in and like, I, I really want this line from this movie. in a gift. Oh, I have gift. so many of those. And believe me, I have thought about, you know, that's one of those million dollar ideas. I need something that like can grab old movie quotes. We're talking like stuff you probably would most likely find on VHS. Forget DVD because it's probably the you know, the reissue was on DVD and I'm like, I know there's that one line and I want it, but it was popular way before gifts were popular. So nobody's done it. And I'm like, I just need a DVD or a VHS player. I could plug it in and be like that. And, you know, basically do the reader, like basically a modified closed captioning with like a better font. Trust me. I've thought about it a lot, obviously. <laughs> Uh, I think I think my answer when I thought about this was was actually a little. It's a I think it technically counts. I was going to say SNL, sure, um, because you get a lot of really fun different characters that come in, a lot you of get variety, hosts, and then of course they have you know so much of that improv type of it's not this improv it's sketch sketch comedy. A lot of it comes comes down to like one liners and 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 pulling some of that stuff off. So. I, I, that's where I went initially. I, I mean, I think you could do the office. I could do a whole season of the office. Certainly. Um, I watched that show enough to, to be able to pull from that from memory. Simpsons is obviously a great answer. I know other people have, you know, like, would answer like South park or, you know, those animated shows that mm -hmm. have been around for a long time. They're going to give you a lot of juice, but uh, I, I don't know. SN I, I tend to use a lot of SNL uh, gifts to begin with. So there are quite a few that are very handy. Very useful. So that's where my mind went. But good questions. Really like them, guys. That was a fun episode. Um, really appreciated you guys uh, uh, contributing there. Yeah, I think you could. I mean, animated shows are just so rich with content. But um, yeah. we're gonna, you know, we got one more show, um, and then it's gonna be the end of the year, and we're gonna release EJ into the film room, and he's he's gonna be focused on that stuff. So we got one more show. It's next Wednesday. Uh, please join us uh, for that if you can. If you can join us live, that's great. Get your questions in on Twitter. We'll cover what we can. 
Uh, really appreciate another great year. We've got the new year's coming up. We talked about, I it was going to say, this is our last one in 23. So I want to take a minute and say to everybody that's fought along, that's interacted, that's sent questions, that's been in the comments, that's just supported us in any of our many endeavors. This is our last show of the year. It'll be 24 by the time we talk to you next time. Really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun for both of us. Um, although the bear seasons have not been fun for largely the duration of this show, you all have made it fun. It's the reason we keep coming back and doing it. Um, obviously, this show has gone through a lot of changes, just like some of the shows we've talked about. It's been around a little while, and it keeps being interesting because of all of you, not necessarily because the Bears are great. We we find interest in a lot of those stories, but it's because of the interest you have in it, the fact that you come back, the fact that you interact. So a deep, deep thanks from those of us on this side to you on that side, um, and we will see you in 24. Well said. Can't do it any better. I'll just add... Be safe, be smart on New Year's. New Year's is a great holiday. Keep all your fingers. But, you know, be smart. Uh, and so uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, right now.